Welcome to the Sparkles of Gold Astrology Manifesto Podcast. My name is Nicolas Polimanakos, a.k.a. Sparkles of Gold. This episode will be dealing with several aspects in the Scorpionic birthday realm. I'm doing this podcast late Wednesday night, November 2nd. I'm going to maybe go ahead to 14 days here and pick out some important dates and times because so much is happening and so much will be happening. If you like what I do and are into this podcast, please subscribe or share and spread the word around. Um, I'm going to be doing more of these along with those three questions interviews that I have. For those who have been listening and wherever you are in the world and whatever device that you're using, thank you so much. All right, let's get into it. Yes, it is about 7.55 p.m. November 2nd where I am right now. On the West Coast, I'm currently looking at a chart here, uh, and where I am doing this is Gemini rising, interestingly enough, and Mars in Gemini, which is currently retrograde, is in the first house. You don't need to know that much. I also want to say where the moon is. It just entered Pisces today, and we'll be doing eventually its monthly moon and Pisces meetup with Neptune and eventually Jupiter in Pisces because recently Jupiter went back into Pisces here for a little bit for at least until December to touch upon the area of time that happened uh, late April when the last time Jupiter was at 29 and 28 degrees Pisces eventually moving into Aries. It was traveling through Aries, stopped and went retrograde and it's been going backwards and it's hit this 29 degree Pisces realm, which is a huge place in general in the astrology degree realm. So just to give you a little setup of when I'm doing this podcast, the big thing right now is we are in between eclipses. And so we recently, about just over a week ago, had the new moon eclipse that happened in Scorpio, which was intense, um, as all uh, eclipses are. And as with all eclipses, they come in pairs and they move every six months. So we had the first one. The second one happens two weeks later, which will be on November 8th. And that is a full moon eclipse that's happening in Taurus, the polarity sign of Scorpio. Currently, though, November 1st and 2nd, we are in deep scorpionic realms. Not only is are we in the Scorpio birthdays, but Venus is currently in the sky at 12 and 13 degrees Scorpio, which is together and conjunct the south node in Scorpio where the eclipse happened a week ago. That eclipse story of purging and letting go in the Scorpio part of your chart of having to go within and swim and go deep to those dark places where um, we at times fear and know eventually that uh, things that we find there need to go to be taken out to the trash metaphorically, swum around, looked at, confronted, and purged because in the end... Scorpio's job, a big tarp of the a big excuse me, big part of their archetype is to go to those deep places 
and have the tenacity to go all the way deep and then to purge what's not working anymore. Scorpio does rule the part of the body that uh, is the sexual organs and what you excrete. (laughs) So there is an excreting happening here, but first we need to find out what needs to be excreted. So Venus currently in the sky is doing that along with the south node and is part of this huge eclipse cycle that we're in. An eclipse cycle that happened started a year ago in in the Scorpio Taurus realms and will not end until six months from now in next April and May when the eclipses happen again. So you could see the cycle about a year and a half cycle with this. Currently, we're at the heart of it. We're at the deepest, darkest place with the Scorpionic energy. So Venus is traveling with the South Node. With The Sun is in Scorpio for the Scorpio birthdays. And just tagging along there, too, is Mercury in Scorpio, which is also when it comes to uh, the word and the mind and what is processed there is happening in a Scorpionic way. And it's tagging along in this investigative process that goes into the dark places of the Scorpio part of your chart. Any planet that you have in Scorpio, if you're a Scorpio, Scorpio rising, you're deeply affected by these eclipses. Also, if you are a Taurus or Taurus rising, have planets in Taurus, you're feeling this too. So November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, Venus, Mercury, the Sun are all in the space of where the eclipse happened in Scorpio about a week ago. Um, Pisces moon, sure, we get away from that water. That's kind of helping out, actually, because while the moon's in Pisces for two and a half days, it trines all the Scorpio planets, which means a healthy relationship. So there's an outlet uh, of of healing and possible um, uh, transversing through other realms to bring in the healing into that dark Scorpio part of your chart. That's just something that just came off the top of my head right now, but I just realized it. And, you know, it's one of those things about astrology. You look at one thing's one way, and then you can look at it five minutes later and see something that you missed. Um, basically, when we get into November 4th, um, which is a Friday on the West Coast, the moon moves into uh, Aries. And this is always another interesting place for the moon as of late because that means the moon at some point here within the day is going to conjunct Chiron and Aries, a story that I've been talking about for a long time on my podcasts and my YouTube videos about the wounds and, and the things that we cannot see with our wounds and how it's reflected back to, to us by the outside world and the healing of those wounds in the, in the Aries part of your chart. So the moon in the raw emotional place that it's in in Aries touches upon that here for the day and a half in the week and November 4th, so on and so forth. If we go into the next day, November 5th, and basically I started this video or this, excuse me, this podcast talking about Venus and Scorpio along with the South Node and where it's going. It, It basically from November, the night of November 2nd when I'm doing this, to the 3rd, 4th, and to the 5th, it's getting closer and closer to make an amazing, intense aspect with Uranus and Taurus at 17 degrees. And on November 5th, officially, Venus does oppose Uranus at 17 degrees. So we have another chapter in this eclipse story, the Scorpionic story, where Venus uh, is, in a sense, has an electrical charge getting thrown at her from 180 degrees away. 
and this is where uh, it's shaking things up. Sometimes when we deal with Uranus, it deals with some sort of freedom making or wanting space. And Uranus and Taurus is throwing that onto the Venus in Scorpio. Also, these are where um, things out of the blue come and happen, especially in the relationship realm because we're dealing with Venus. It could deal with money and resources because we're dealing with Venus. And because Venus is in Scorpio, we're dealing with things that are a little bit more behind the scenes, a little bit more secretive and more intense. Scorpio in general will like to hold its cards up to its chest and not show you everything because in the end, there's such a deep, sensitive water sign that there's a reason for the protection. And it really, in the end, has to do with trust and intimacy. So if Venus is in Scorpio, we have a story going on about trust and intimacy here the last couple of weeks with the eclipse, what's going on. And here comes Uranus, 180 degrees opposite, to shake that story up. And so there's the need for freedom and uh, uh, the freedom of, of wanting space and relationships or, in a sense, almost helping the purging process that's happening with the South Node and this eclipse and those things that need to be let go of that are not functioning anymore in the Scorpio part of your chart, Uranus here shakes that up too. Now, it doesn't end there, does it? Um, I, I think it's interesting with something like this because then it's always, you have to look at the rest of the chart. And at the same time, Saturn in Aquarius, another fixed sign... There's four of them, right? We'll start with Taurus is one, the next one's Leo, the next one's Scorpio, the next one's Aquarius. Saturn in Aquarius is at 18 degrees right now, and it's also now squaring this Venus in, in Scorpio. So not only do you have Uranus on the other side of Venus, you have a Saturn that's in an air sign that's throwing a boundary or wanting to control, in a sense, certain things about the Venus and Scorpio story, or a lot of times showing Venus and Scorpio the type of work that needs to be done in the purging process. And that involves the mind, too, because Saturn being in Aquarius, an air sign, and wanting maybe a different view, a, a, a different type of solution, a different boundary and container from what's the norm uh, and, and throwing that energy, a challenging one, onto Venus and Scorpio. And so not only is Venus and Scorpio getting a 180-degree opposite hit from Uranus, it's getting a square from Saturn. This is no joke. And honestly, people, very, very difficult. And these types of situations... It all depends on a person's chart and what they have. For you Scorpio and Scorpio risings, or let's say you have Venus and Scorpio, this is there's no going back. There's something on a deep level. And I'm not going to talk about like, oh, your relationship's out the door, because it could be, or certain things like that. It's more about in yourself of how you've dealt with your worth and value and, and how it's connected to your power and relationships. Sometimes on the darker end of the Venus and Scorpio thing, it has to do with obsession and manipulation and power struggle. On the other side, I think when it's balanced, it has to do with wanting to create a beautiful, intense, sacred space for intimacy and trust to, to develop. If you don't have trust, you don't have intimacy. And it's in those, place where, those places where deep love and commitment can be found. 
to get rid of the extracurriculars, the, the things that don't have any weight, the things that, that don't last. And since we're talking about fixed energy here and a fixed sign, Venus and Scorpio is about finding that gold that lasts in, in relationships and in, in, in the relationship to itself and um, to create a strong bond within oneself and to see in the end that trust leading to intimacy leads positively when you can get there to an amazing place of creativity and life force scorpio when it's running on all cylinders the way it can likes to live life on the edge not in a dangerous way even though that's part of it sometimes and spooky and occulty and willing to go to dark places that no other sign does but it's about finding the edge and when you get to the edge of life and you push things to that place to that depth There is a rush of life. It's like it surges through oneself and you know that you take things all the way to the place that you can. And that's another basic huge part of Scorpio when it's running on all cylinders. A little side rant on that. Saturn and Uranus, though, are throwing some boundaries, but also wanting something new to come in. If you can believe it. That was the nice way I said that particular aspect that's happening. Um, yes, so we have that. Um, we also officially, you know, when we get to to Sunday, the 6th of November, uh, we're still, we got an Aries moon late and then it's eventually going to go into a, um, a Taurus moon here. But that Saturn-Venus square is still happening. It's mathematically exact, actually, the next day on Monday, November 7th. And at that at this point here, the moon is already in Taurus, uh, uh, leading up to the eighth. And I'll get to that in a second. But the moon's in Taurus, and then we have still more of the Saturn squaring Venus, and the sun is trailing behind. And the sun, and at that point too, it's an interesting day on the on the Monday because Mercury is really close to the sun and will be going into the heart of the sun at the same time. They call it it's conjunction or it's called Kazemi. So you have an interesting place here where the truth, the word truth and the thoughts in Scorpio are becoming more and more clear. And there's a lot of truth that is spoken here. At the same time, there's Uranus and Taurus at 16 degrees, and Mercury's at 15 degrees that day on the Monday, November 2nd. So now Uranus is throwing its energy on Mercury here. So you see how the chapters roll here. Venus did it first. Now the Sun and Mercury are 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 opposed by by Uranus and Taurus. And then eventually, if you're putting this together, it's going to be squared by Saturn here in a couple days. What am I getting into? I'm getting into a place that deals with November 8th, which is the Tuesday, and another big chart of the year. Um, And why am I saying that? It's because it is the full moon uh, lunar eclipse that happens in Taurus at 16 degrees. Let's just get this straight if you don't know this. When a full moon happens, that means the moon is 180 degrees away from the sun. So we're at this point, the sun is at 16 degrees Scorpio, and the moon is opposite at 16 degrees Taurus. That's a full moon, but in this case, it's an eclipse. But not only that, we have a rockin' 
rock and chart here. And I, sometimes when I say rock and people is like, oh, that's fun. Well, maybe, but I'll tell you, it's brutal, to be honest. And it can be for those who have fixed signs. But since you've been swimming in eclipse land already, you're already in the middle of this process. Not only is the moon at 16 degrees Taurus, but it's coming to a conjunction together with Uranus and Taurus. So to add a little bit more spice, this full moon eclipse it has Uranus energy in there that wants to bring things out of the blue and shake things up and something that's uh, new and progressive. Its goal is to uproot things in the sense it's not working anymore in a, a different way than Saturn does. And it's um, it's, there is a breakaway happening here. There's some sort of break or, or wanting of a pushing off and, and going in a, in a tangential direction. If you put that those words into an energy realm, it's connected to the full moon in Taurus. And all of that is opposite Venus, Mercury, and the sun in Scorpio. So you see now, two weeks later from the eclipse that happened in Scorpio, here we are, the next chapter. But we're not done because Saturn's in the mix at 18 degrees, squaring all of this. This is like a T-square, as they call it in astrology. So Saturn is having its way in all of this, too. And I actually think that Saturn is the solution here to all this. Because it's in the middle of these of Scorpio and Taurus, and even though it's it's demanding structure and boundaries, and and actually like a higher mind of thinking with all this, instead of getting into um, the emotional intensity that Scorpio brings, which it will, and Taurus in its need for groundedness and comfort. In the end, Scorpio and Taurus do want and inherently want a sense of like uh, of comfortableness in the way they work. They just do it a little differently, but they have that in common. Saturn and Aquarius here is going to possibly can bring the solution if you can find it, if you're looking for the solution. As with any lunation, new and full, we always look to the ruler of that. So here, because it's an eclipse, we look to the ruler of the um, full moon, which is the moon in Taurus, and the ruler of that is Venus and Scorpio. Now do you see here, if you're looking for the extra flavor to go deep to understand this full moon eclipse, we're looking at the ruler of the moon in Taurus, and it's on the opposite side with Venus and Scorpio. If we're looking at the other node, which is the south node in Scorpio, where the eclipse was two weeks ago, Scorpio is ruled by Mars. We go to the chart, and we go to see where Mars is currently in the chart. And right now, surprise, surprise, Mars is in Gemini, and it just went retrograde the week before. Mars went into Gemini in August, and it will not leave there until March. This is seven months of Mars in Gemini. So now you could see there's Earth, Taurus, with an electrical connection uh, with Uranus. There's the intense water sign of Scorpio, where Venus, the Sun, and Mercury in the south node are. And the rulers of those are actually in air signs. Or no, excuse me. One of the rulers is Mars and Gemini, a ruler of the south node in air sign. And then we have that Saturn in Aquarius, which is squaring 90 degree challenge, which on paper technically is very, very hard and it's a challenge. But I'm going to tell you that it's um, a solution place because it's in the middle of those things. Those things. Saturn and Aquarius in the end wants to bring a more concise, refined mental process involved with anything that it does. And it requires structure and a certain type of uh, tenacity, 
because it's a fixed sign. We're dealing with fixed energy with this eclipse. Um, I also think because Saturn is moving forward off a of retrograde all the way until March when it leaves finally, I think it's actually in a good place. And it's um, sometimes it would be considered a cold emotional sign, which it can be, but it doesn't mean it's, it's not, a, it doesn't have any emotion. But I think in this case can actually buffer the opposition that's happening between the Taurus and Scorpio realms of your chart. Um, and that's where you're going to look for this eclipse is the Taurus, Scorpio, and Aquarius part of your chart for the solution. I'll be real with you. This November 8th eclipse isn't just an ending or a chapter. I think from a wider point of view, first off, politically, it's happening on election day. (laughs) So expect controversy and BS. But this podcast isn't about politics. But it is about the internal politics that happens within yourself. And if I really put it together here with Venus and Scorpio, you got to look to the Scorpio part of your chart of like, okay, I have to continue this purging process. It's been happening for a while here, really since last November, and comes up during these times with the eclipses. And with Venus and Scorpio being there, you got to really look at that part of yourself, that Scorpio part of your chart, and, and, and be honest and be real with yourself. And and also know that even though you might feel alone there, or Scorpio, Scorpio rising, you're alone in the darkness. Um, sometimes you can you you do well there, but you don't have to do it alone. And you know you can look to the Taurus part of your chart on the opposite side for a solution. You have an electrical planet like Uranus who wants to bring in something progressive, and it's trying to do you a favor actually. In the end, it all is about it, it is it is all about resistance. If the current situation that you have in those parts of your chart, you are resisting, or it's 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 heavy on your head and your body, even physically, you know, it's how much are you resisting t- resistance to change? Can you finish the purging process of going through the metaphorical underworld, the Scorpio part of your chart and the Taurus part of your chart, and seeing what needs to be let go of in the process? And how do you do it? And so first off, you know, shame and guilt, we, we want to let go of and we want to understand that you are first and foremost a human and this is natural to go through these places. As a matter of fact, if you're a Scorpio, Scorpio rising or a planet in Scorpio, this is part of your story and it has been your whole life. So, but it doesn't mean that you do it alone and maybe you do part of it alone, but you can bring in tools or other people. And who do you trust, right? Who do you trust? who and what are the pillars and foundations in your world that you can trust? And maybe part of this is you thought you trusted certain people or situations, but you can't anymore. And certain situations you didn't think were there anymore, they show up and to support you. That's where you walk to and realize like, hey, it's it's like, in a sense, Taurus brings this groundedness involved and it might not be super flashy or dramatic, being the bull, the, the earth sign that it is, but it does bring stability. And in the end, we always look to the polarity point of the sign that we're talking about. So Scorpio energy, you look to the Taurus realm to help you out. And Taurus energy, you look to the opposite, to Scorpio, to help you out. There ain't nothing wrong with that. What could branch the two 
is an ingenious way or a new way of doing something like that by using the Saturn and Aquarius in your chart because it's basically in the middle of the two. Yes, where did that come from? Where did I channel that from? Is that helping you out? I hope it does. There's so much more to this eclipse. Um, because it's happening at 16 degrees, we have to remember six months from now when these eclipses happen again, there's going to be a Scorpio eclipse that happens at 14 degrees. It's connected to this. It's not separate. Now you could see how eclipses and how astrology works. I will go to the next day because uh, we're, we're basically going into the ninth and we're still in the eclipse realm. But um, what we want to remember is that there's still the energy left from Uranus opposing Venus and and Uranus opposing Mercury and the Sun, um, and we uh, we don't want to let that go. And we also have to understand that Venus is moving away from its square with Saturn, but that Wednesday, November 9th into the tenth, um, Mercury and the Sun now are squared by Saturn. That's why I am choosing in this podcast to tell you to work with the Saturn and Aquarius with all this in your chart because it's such a major player and Saturn deals with reality and what is tangible and what's workable. It's an Aquarius. It's going to want to find a system and solution in a way to bring in something new, even though it's difficult. Um, it can actually corral emotions and help process the emotions that are involved with the heaviness of all this stuff. So even though technically it's a square, um, go there. Go to the Saturn in Aquarius. Use it with Mercury and the Sun in the Scorpio part of your chart. Um, uh, An example is Saturn squaring Mercury uh, in Scorpio along with the Sun. There is some deep, clear truth here that needs to be spoken. But it's not going to be spoken in a wild or an intense. It'll be intense, but not a wild, offhanded way. Saturn wants to give structure to Mercury's words in, in Scorpio and give it some oomph, give it some foundation, give it some realness. And it could be harsh truths that come across, but it could be foundational because that's what Saturn is in the end. It's, it's foundational. You could see why now I want you all to look at Saturn here and not be afraid be afraid of it because of, of its ability to uh, crystallize thought or whatever else it's touching. Okay, so I'm at November 9th right now. Um, I'm going to do something really quick here because I want to skip over. But yeah, November 9th, uh, and then... <laughs> You know, still we have Uranus opposing the sun that was going on through the eclipse, which we talked about. Um, I, at this point, um, I could stop because I thought I was going to go farther, but I'll bring in, I'll bring in a little, I'll bring in actually the 10th of November here too, and which is the next day. The reason being is Venus has gone through so much in the last couple of weeks, what I mentioned in this podcast, and then it gets to have this release. It gets to have a, a, a relationship with Neptune and Pisces at 22 degrees. And at this point on November 10th, on the Thursday, here's Venus at 20, Venus and Scorpio, 22 degrees after going through uh, 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 oppositions, squares and eclipse, everything. It gets to have a harmonious trine to Neptune and Pisces. So there is some healing going on here. There is a deep emotional connection and 
to something that's divine. I think Scorpio has been walking through the divine space because, by the way, I'm a big believer that the divine space has darkness in it, too, because you got to search through the dark to find that stuff when it really comes down to it. But at this point on November 10th, Venus gets to have this release. Venus and Scorpio has, gets this beautiful, intense, private, um, loving connection of healing and transcendence for what it's been through the last couple of weeks. Really? what these eclipses are all about. So I want to say that to you. Now, if you're following with me here, you know then that coming up behind that then, you know, you're going to have several days later on the 22nd or November 12th on the Saturday. Now that Mercury in Scorpio is going to have that divine connection with Neptune. And then eventually the sun a couple days later. And even if we keep going, those Scorpionic planets are eventually going to trine Jupiter and Scorpio at 29 degrees. And that's for another episode and podcast. But the healing is there. The love, the divine love is there waiting for all the Scorpionic stuff. And it's time to remember to acknowledge the place that you're at with all this. If you're a Scorpio, Scorpio rising or Taurus, Taurus rising, I got special going on right now for readings and I've been getting them with people. They've been getting a hold of me. Go to my website, sparklesofgold.com and go contact me for astrology reading. You'll see a bunch there. You talk to me. There's an eclipse reading there for cheap. There's some other ones that are deeper. I have a special affinity and deep connection to my Scorpionic people. Because you're so strong and you portray yourself that way. You're mysterious and sexy and sensual and all those things. And you got the investigative qualities and the way to go in deep. And you, you bring that to other people and you, and you show other people that the things that they're afraid of. And you're not afraid to stand there with them and put it right in her face, sometimes lovingly and sometimes brutally. Come on, Scorpios, you got to be nice. Well, I'm in your side right now because it's brutal for you now. So, me... With my affinity to my Scorpio people, Scorpio planets, Scorpio risings, I got your back. Get a hold of me. Contact me. Let's work something out. This is a once-in-a-lifetime types of transits. And if you're on the darker side of things, in the darker place, and you find yourself going to the old Scorpionic dark ways of being, manipulation, um, the, t- treating yourself a certain way, uh, the distraction of power, of dark power, you don't have to do it anymore. You can let it go. You could shed that skin. And you could be reborn, regenerative, regeneration, something new. And that actually is the true power of all this scorpionic stuff is to be able to walk through the underworld and walk through the fire and shed those things away. And it takes a tremendous amount of courage. And I see that. I see that even in the deepest, darkest Scorpios out there. You let go of that pain, my friend. Because something beautiful waiting for you on the other side. All in the podcast that way. You can find anything about me on sparklesofgold.com. I'm on IG, YouTube channel. I'm going to do a video on this. Wherever you can find Sparkles of Gold, just put it in the search engine. You'll find me. All right, people. That was my podcast episode. Be good to you.